are now tuned into the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. This is episode 47 of the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. My name is James Bodden, and today's guest is Jerry Henry, Senior Solutions Engineer at Sendoso, and someone that I am absolutely fired up that has uh, decided to join the podcast today because Jerry is another person that's on the front lines every day working with sales teams, working to hit a number. And we talk about how he got started in sales, how his background in sports has influenced his career in sales. We talk about that tie-in, something that gets brought up a lot, sports and sales. And then we talk about his career and how he ended up at a company like Sendoso. And that really revolves around the relationships that he's built and the networking that he did. Super interesting stuff. Jerry also provides a really great snack break sales tip that I'm going to share with you now in case you can't take in the whole episode right now. I highly recommend you find some time this weekend to do so. But here is Jerry Henry's snack break sales tip revolving around cold calls. Why you? Why now? Take a listen. I think there's a, a few, but the one that sticks out that's really resonated with me recently, and it goes back to kind of that golden circle, why you and why now? Yep. Um, I was at an event with John Barrows, and he had brought that up, right? When you're, when you're an SDR, an AE, and you're cold calling, that person might not want to listen to you. But if you can convey why them and why them at that time, hey, I know there's 500 people in your company, but I'm targeting you because I'm giving you the opportunity to bring this to the table and accelerate your career. And then the why, why now? Hey, I know I didn't hit you up three months ago because maybe we weren't what you needed or you weren't in the right role, but I'm now messaging you right now. And it's kind of funny, it goes off on what your whiteboard says, right? Do you have what it takes? Do you have what it takes to bring this to your uppers to help you advance? And that is why I'm reaching out to you and why I'm reaching out to you right now. Such a great tactical tip that you can literally go back to your desk and use. Another reason why I freaking love this podcast. So without any further ado, I am going to start episode 47 of the Lunch Break Podcast with Jerry Henry. Here we go. Episode 47 of the Lunch Break Podcast. I am honored and and just kind of genuinely excited about my guest today, Jerry Henry, is a senior solutions engineer at Sendoso. You know, Jerry and I, uh, actually, we, we met for the first time in person, which is a first for this podcast, save for a few people early on. Uh, we met at the Adobe Summit this year in Vegas, uh, loved what these guys are doing at Sendoso, loved Jerry's energy. And we just kind of kept in touch and um, excited to have you here, man. So thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, super, uh, super neat. Yeah, meeting you in person and yeah, following all the content and everything you do. It's uh, pretty fun to read and always interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, it's, a, it's a becoming a more and more rare thing these days. I, I had in the past week or so, I've had a few people ask me how I know different people. And it, the answer has been LinkedIn every time. And I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, that, yeah that, pers- that personal touch outside yeah. of a uh, computer screen or cell phone. Makes a big difference, man. So let's jump right into it because we've got a lot to cover. You've done a lot of cool things. 
Uh, so talk to us about how you got started in sales. Yeah, I think, I think ultimately it started in sports, you know, being a, uh, an athlete, always competitive, uh, but I think ultimately being on a team, but knowing you can still stand out and be the best on the field, but still having one mission. And uh, in college, got hurt, stopped playing football. A buddy was actually working at Apple. It's like, hey, we're opening up this new sales role. We think it's people's person role. We're talking to people. Start working at Apple, really start loving it. Start working actually with our, our business team at Apple and start seeing a lot of startups and people coming in trying to change day-to-day -day things and automating it with tech. And it really got me interested really in the tech space and sales. Uh, so from there, I ended up being account executive for a uh, specialty gas company. And uh, <laughs> wasn't passionate about it, to be honest. I would, call, <laughs> I would go on a call, call a rocket scientist, talking about a 64-component gas blend. And uh, I just had no interest, but I still really loved sales. And uh, got an opportunity to join an amazing startup called Procore Technologies out of Santa Barbara. And it was my real first uh, sales, like, getting hung up on. I actually started as an SDR and uh, making those 75 calls a day, smile and dial. Uh, but once again, they're really being the same role as 20 other people, but knowing I can still achieve my success, my kind of standout performance. Uh, and then from there, I got introduced to this cool thing called account-based marketing. Um, started it at Procore, moved actually from sales to marketing technically, but it was building a strategic sales movement incorporating marketing and everything a company does as a whole yeah and uh, from there really loved it moved into Mangen, found out about the direct mail space uh brought on my current company sendoso to that and really saw it helping my sales team personalize day-to-day -day activities mm -hmm. uh, then i got the chance becoming friends with the co-founders to actually move and start the solutions engineer team um just kind of your point of that interesting role now i'm in a role where I support a whole sales team. We have one number. So now I can see it day to day, but how do we make everything better? How do we convey to those prospects why they need to incorporate a new strategy into their everyday sales practice? And uh, ultimately that's where I'm at today. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and your point at the very beginning about sports is such a huge thing. And it's a shame to me that there's not a correlation kind of on the onset because one of my favorite things in the world is watching the outside the lines, you know, documentaries about especially football players because yeah. football players have such a short career at the highest level. And it's just so fascinating to me that these guys spend their entire lives working to get to this point and the average time that they're going to spend doing that thing is what three to four years if they're lucky yeah if they're lucky so what's next after that i just feel like as you're an athlete as you're a student athlete and i think it's happening more now but it it maybe comes in the form of entrepreneurship like wanting to be an entrepreneur and then maybe inherently they get some sales education out of that but that's one of my hopes is that as we continue to grow as a profession and spread the knowledge that when done right, this is a great profession and something that everybody should at least learn about and know about athletes are like right there because every company wants, I mean, I see it in posts, job posts, like wanted XD one athletes yeah. competitive. So it's already 
inherently known by everybody. I, I think if we could just take it back to high school, middle school, yeah. what are you going to do after this thing, right? And, and I think I'm, a thing there too, to, to, you kind of hit it right on the, the nail of the hammer is athletes, right? They prep every single day. They have that patience. They know preseason, what I'm doing today is going to benefit me and my team in 14, 15, 16 weeks when playoffs come. And if you're not in there at that practice and you're not putting in the reps in the weight room and that extra conditioning, you are not going to be better than that person lighting up crossing. And it's the same in sales. If I know I'm competing with another company to close James, let's say, and I have me doing nothing, I'm going to be like, oh, my product sells itself. I don't need to research James and I don't even know what makes him tick and why am I hitting him up? But my competitors doing that, they're going to have that competitive advantage and we might have the better product, but I didn't have the right play and the right practice to make myself better. And I think that's where a lot of that too. And even seeing like Gronk, just, <laughs> that guy's tied to like 14 different businesses. <laughs> Got anything from like these Bluetooth speakers to these water bottles. And it's, it's that mindset of I'm competitive. I see something I'm going to make myself ready to win. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, it's just that, yeah, that, that mentality of bettering yourself every day. And if, if you're not growing, you're not learning, you're not going to be better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and letting athletes know kind of up front, Hey, this mentality is going to serve you very well in a sales yeah. career. So as you're going after it and getting after it, keep yeah. in mind, <laughs> there's this, yeah. there's this way to continue to, to feed that part of, of your personality and so that that brings me to my next question for you 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 have this competitive spirit you get into working for a company like apple and then you start selling an obscure product which i can completely relate to i've sold office supplies before over the phone to car dealerships i've uh you know done i mean even my last company was an analytics consulting firm and i didn't i barely passed algebra two so that's yeah. how far apart i was from that world right so it's yeah. like i get that and so how how did you manage that with that competitive spirit and wanting to succeed Whew, that must have been tough right i mean because that's a hard thing to do yeah, definitely. And I think it's, it's really just drive and, and knowing, you know what, I might not be the best in this space, but I know the tools and what I need to convey to get that message across. Mm -hmm. And it's taking just experience. And, and you mentioned it too earlier, the experience you get throughout your life brings you more than you might ever know. <laughs> I mean, even when I was at Procore, I mean, I started that company. I was there for four years. I started as employee 200 when I left four years later there at 1700. Wow. There was stuff I learned as an SDR that was just in the back of my head that I never correlated. This is important. And now when I'm at Sendoso and we're a little bit, you know, smaller, 100, 150 people, there's stuff that comes up in a meeting like, oh, I've actually seen this. This is how companies have done it. And a lot of that knowledge just continues to kind of carry on. And I think to, to your point, too, selling anything from maybe paper and printing to ink to technology, right? At the end of the day, it's that personal experience that's going to make that person believe the why and not the what. Yep. So if you can convey that message, it really doesn't matter what you're selling. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I went from my first job as Baskin Robbins. I sold ice cream. <laughs> and, and then tech at Apple where you're helping businesses have technology in place. But then a gas company mm -hmm. where I'm working with rocket scientists who are using stuff to weld a pacemaker. 
the construction software. But at the end of the day, it's these steps of why I'm talking to you. What am I trying to make your life better? Mm-hmm. It's the end goal of any sales role, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And I think oftentimes we hear as salespeople, you have to be passionate about what you're selling. I don't agree with that because I sometimes, to be quite frank, didn't understand what I was selling, but I was passionate about problem solving. I was passionate about my, my part in the dance. And I think that's what you can get behind. If you can identify and, and look, not every place provides that, right? So you could have a product and you don't understand the product. And there's also not really a whole lot of value being brought by that product. So you're really going to struggle. But if you can identify, hey, this is rocket science, literally. (laughs) Um, But I understand the concept of, okay, we're going to take them from point A to point B. Things are going to be better. They're going to have less headaches. Whatever that maps out to, that's what you can get behind and be passionate about. I think that's a great point. Definitely. Yeah, totally agree. And, and, and so that, like you said, led you to Procore where you had an experience that I think is important. You got a view on the marketing side and I in at Cognetic in my last job, very close to the marketing team there. We collaborated on a lot. We talked all the time. I was involved with what was going on. I understood what was going on. We were in lockstep and it was amazing as an SDR because to me, it's almost like a, I kind of surmised from that experience that really great SDRs are a heavy mixture of a marketer and a salesperson. You have to learn how to get somebody's attention and that's marketing. That's, creative copy that's creative direct mail campaigns that's that's that infotainment right yeah yeah and that's marketing all the way yeah, definitely. marketing all the way and then the best SDRs are the marketers and then somebody picks up the phone and they're salesperson and so how did that experience influence how you looked at your sales role right so now I have this knowledge of marketing and what it's like to be on the marketing side of the house how did that help you going forward because not a lot of salespeople get you know have that experience yeah i I think the biggest one right is is day-to-day when when you're an sdr you know if you're using a sales offer and outreach you come in you have your to-do and you're chasing i need to hit that demo i need to hit that uh, my number for this month whereas in marketing you're looking at all right how am i going to get my sdr team that demo in four months from today Yep. by this content so from there marketing is a little bit more of that big picture whereas the SDR you're, you're really laser focused on today mm-hmm. and maybe that follow-up tomorrow or Wednesday because hey I'm busy please call me two days and are they gonna answer who knows um, mm-hmm. but I think then taking that marketing holistic approach of hey let me and, and it's the same thing as an AE right building your pipeline so having that marketing presence to build pipeline in the sense where hey I'm going to be an SDR more than one month. I might be it for six, seven months. And that month, five, six, and seven are the ones when you're going to be up for promotion. Mm-hmm. So month two, three, and four, you're setting up month five, six, seven. 
So I think having that marketing approach and now bringing it back to a sales engineer where I'm all pre-sales, I now have the focus of telling them, hey, I know that they just said they don't have a budget for two months, but we're coming out with a killer ebook in a month on ROI and why you need it. And being able to inform them that big picture and get them kind of focused on, hey, I'm still going to need that next, that next quarter and two quarters from now to close those deals. So it's really, I think, taking a step back and looking at that bigger picture. Such an important thing. And as you were saying that, it's actually something that I feel has been lost over the years. I remember when I first started, I was an inside sales rep and I was a full cycle sales rep, but I was setting my own meetings, effectively an SDR. And it was always, that was always kind of what was preached to us, plan for the future, build pipeline for six, eight, nine months down the road. And then I feel like at some point the narrative became 30 days. Like I've got 30 days to get my shit together before I get put on a performance improvement plan. And I'm having six one-on-one meetings every week to assess my progress towards this semi unattainable goal. It's just nuts. And, and I think that's such a powerful thing when you can realize, all right, yep. I definitely need this daily activity, this daily stuff going on, this eye on, boom, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But then, <laughs> and, and this is something as an SDR, I struggled to do and I lost so much business because of it is you're so hungry for that immediate gratification that that person from a really great company that's the exact right person says six months, call me back in six months and you're not even thinking about six months and don't even know if you have a job in six months. So you don't market correctly in the CRM and you don't follow up and that shit falls through the cracks. And then Johnny Smith over at billion dollar company signs with somebody else because he was ready in six months and didn't have that eye on it. And it's such a, such a huge gap. And, and I'm interested to hear your take. What do you think that's a symptom of is that management saying, Hey, dials now today 30 days we need to hit quota or is it self-inflicted what is that how can people break out of that yeah i think that's a interesting question Um, and i think it also depends on the maybe the age of a company right so at my last company procore by the time i was leaving we had 60 70 sdrs in the company so we weren't as focused of hey you left today and you only made 40 calls when I need you to make 75. Yep. Um, so I think that that's the first part, right, is where are you at within your tenure? Or are you having those 100 people where you're calling those people just because it's your, your onboarding and it's that it's okay list because if you mess up, you mess up. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think the counter too is you're, you're having the direction, right, from marketing. Hey, we're going to be giving you these good content, but you still have your SDR manager. Hey, I need more headcount. And to get more headcount, I need more demos booked. And more demos booked, I need more phone calls. <laughs> so it's that interesting. You're, you're told one thing. Of, hey, let's think big picture. You need to have a rolling hitting quota six months. But this month, you need to make more calls. So it's like, wait, am I making these calls or am I setting myself up for the future? So I think it's, it's that kind of self-inflicted. But I really think it's just communication. Yeah. Um, like our, our senior director here, Joe, he's a killer SDR manager. And he really sets that tone of, hey, let's get these calls, but I need you to be practicing what we're preaching as a direct mail company and personalization. 
So we've actually scaled down some of our calls, but making those calls more personalized, right? Yep. Yep. And, and I think seeing that is really cool where there's less pressure to really hit that dial number, but it's more of that positive response. I mean, would you rather make 100 calls and have 10 responses? We make 35 calls and have 15 responses. Yep. Um, and it's really just doing your homework. So I think it's kind of that double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, really where your pressure is feeling from a manager and where you're feeling you have the most success in your kind of day-to-day. -day. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I, the harsh reality is that I feel like there are many salespeople out there who are probably just in situations where they know the right thing to do. They know the right way to go about it and they're just not able to do it. And I've been there and it sucks and you got to leave. <laughs> you know, I mean, you just, I mean, I've, um, I've been there where I power dialed. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I heard a, a operator and I called for seven different people because <laughs> I knew I need my call number up. Yep. Yeah. Up there. yeah. I had the, the fax number list uh, stashed in the top drawer of my desk for four thirty. you know, when I was dragging uh, and, and it's so counterproductive and counter everything that, that, um, when, when I got to places where it wasn't like that, I was like, oh, thank gosh, right? It's just such a cyber, you know, relief that we can kind of work smarter and we're thinking critically about what's going on. And I think it's context, just like you said, it's context. Maybe, maybe you, for the market you work in and the folks that you go after, you don't need to call them a bunch. You don't need to make 800 dials in a day. You need to make 50 really good ones after yeah. you've done some research and made sure that this is the number and this is the person and maybe called a few other people around in the company and done yeah. some, some of that kind of work. And yeah. And I, I think, yeah, I think that brings up a great point too, right? Of who are you targeting? Mm -hmm. um, so like for our company now, we, we can hit up a sales department. Marketing is one of our bread and butters, right? So what are marketers, right? They're creative. They love entertainment. They love thinking outside the box. So are you going to send the same email to a salesperson who cares about numbers than you would with a marketer who cares about creative? So, hey, we might engage more with marketers sending that funny, punny email that's going to grab their attention, whereas the sales reps can say, no, there's a GIF. I'm not even looking at it. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think it depends on yeah, who you're targeting and really digging the analytics and saying, hey, I've called this type of industry or this type of persona, and I'm having a 15% response rate, but when I'm calling this one, I'm having 70% but my emails are flops. And then you might think that day of, hey, this is how I should be targeting these people opposed to this. Yeah, yeah. And, and the more that you can rely on that data, the better, because then you're yeah. making informed decisions. I love that. And um, so that brings us to, to where you are now, Sendoso. I love the idea behind the company. Talk to us about what you're doing there, what yeah. Sendoso is all about, because I think it's just a really great tool. Yeah, definitely. So Sendoso, we're a uh, ideally sending platform. Uh, so we enable um, our customers to really reach out and break through digital clutter, right? Uh, last I looked, it was like 27% of people or people look at their emails 27, 27% less than they did two years ago because mm. there's so many being sent out. Yep. So what we're doing is enabling people within their sales force, their sales loft, outreach, marketing automation, or really personalize things at a bigger scale and be able to break through that clutter. So whether it's sending a direct mail bundle, um, or I think our favorite thing is an Amazon integration we have. So I know I look at you, hey, he's interested in podcasts. 
and he, he loves uh, music, he has a 10-year-old son, all these little things that I can go on now and curate an Amazon send and send it to you and break through on why I'm reaching out to you. Um, so I think bringing a lot of that personalization, and I mean, every time I've ever received anything on my desk, you know I'm opening it. <laughs> when I get those five to six emails every day, I'm probably not opening up any of them. Uh, so that's kind of where we're coming in and, and really being able to do stuff at bulk and really be that ABM approach um, and doing all the kind of heavy lifting, doing all the tracking analytics on the back end. Yeah. And I think the reason that I love what you guys are doing is because it solves for what is probably the biggest argument against creative direct mail campaigns is the time that it takes. Oh gosh, you know, we got to get the stuff and have to find somebody that's going to manage making sure it gets there and who's going to call and follow up. And it's just, it sometimes, I mean, I've been in meetings where it's literally been brought up. Everybody thought it was a good idea. And by the end of the conversation, we decided not to do it because it was just way too much work. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's such yeah. a shame, you know, it's just such right. not the right way to do it. And, and that's how I first got brought on to Sendosa actually was when at Procore and we did uh, Hey, we're going to target for quality and safety week. We're going to do these safety kits. Yeah. It took me three interns, two people on my demand gen team to pack these 250 kits to your point, right? Hey, we need to source these helmets and these gloves from different vendors, get it here, put the right information, track it, then I'm slacking and emailing my AEs. Hey, these just got delivered. Going into Salesforce, inputting those members in a campaign, mm. updating the status of delivery. So having it all in one platform really streamlines that. But not also that, I'm a huge, I don't know if you're, a, I'm sure you're a TED, TED Talk guy. Oh, yeah. Um, so the golden circle, right? Mm -hmm. uh, believing in the why, not the what. So if you can convey the why behind what you're doing opposed to what I'm doing, right? I could send you something and never follow up with you and you'd be like, cool, this is a cool gift, but what the heck? <laughs> but if I'm giving you then, hey, I send you an email, Sendosa automates that email, hey, this just got delivered to James. I now know it got delivered. I now have my call of action to call you and follow up. So being able to do that across the org takes so much of that tr uh, pressure, time, and even money. I mean, making sure tracking is not going through. And the biggest thing I always hear, especially marketers and sales, ROI. How am I going to prove this works? Well, if you're doing it on your own, you're, you're not going to be able to prove that. But being able to have it all in one place, and it's in your everyday ecosystem tech stack. You're not even changing your day-to-day -day activities. Really is what streamlined it and really got me turned into the industry and then obviously now working for Sedosa. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. And I think it's important because look, it's, it's, um, I had somebody message me today on LinkedIn. They're an enterprise level SDR and they're having trouble cutting through the noise. Nobody picks yeah. up the phone. They've written yeah. some probably pretty decent emails and that have gone unanswered. You know, you're, uh, you can go weeks, especially at the enterprise level, feeling like a ghost and just nobody cares about you. And, and um, to your point, when you decide, hey, I'm going to cut through the noise and do some direct mail and get creative and I'm going to manage it all myself. And if you're not on top of that follow up, it's like a complete waste. I've actually done that. I've actually had that happen. I've actually sent things to prospects and find out three days later that it was delivered and you call up and it's like, didn't, I don't, you know, it just fell flat. 
oh, I don't know. Oh, it's complete. The moment was passed, right? So it's like enabling those reps to make sure that it's a valuable experience, which I love. And, and especially at that point in the enterprise level, right? You, you're hitting up these people that are all C-levels for the most part. Yep. You know how busy they are. They don't have time. You might catch them in between walking from one meeting to another. Yep. Maybe. They're able to put something on their desk where either in the morning they come in or at the end of the day they're looking at it. That is a emotional de-stress in the sense of, oh, it's not another email. It's actually something tangible, something I can feel. Mm-hmm. But even in the enterprise one, I mean, those sales cycles, as you know, could be six to 18, 24 months. So how are you going to stay top of mind throughout that long sales cycle? And how many times do you love doing the, hey, James, I'm just checking in. I just want to see how things are going. But now if you're able to send those little touches throughout and follow up on that is a different conversation. And it takes a lot of that sales pressure and annoyance away. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, and it speaks to what we were talking about earlier about that long game. It's not only a tool for that instant grab somebody's attention to book a meeting, but it's also, Hey, let's stay top of mind through this long sales cycle, or let's, they said six months. So let's send them something in three months. And then when we follow up in six months, it's going to, we'll have something to talk about, you know, whatever it is. Um, Yeah. I absolutely love that. And so it, it's obvious that it was a powerful enough thing to where you were like, wow, I want to be a part of, of, of what they're doing there. Talk to me about um, the switch from working in various industries, right? Oil and gas, software, construction software, you know, whatever it was. And then now you're working for a company that works for salespeople, yeah. right? And, and is a tool for salespeople. Um, has that been a cool transition to make? It, it has. And, and I think for me too, the, the very interesting one, I'm, I'm one of two in the whole company that actually came from being a customer. Got it. So I think that's also my very interesting perspective is, is when I'm talking to these salespeople and, and they're pushing back, hey, I don't know if this is going to actually benefit our, our team and our company. Me sitting back and saying, hey, I originally brought this on to 20 sales reps and I expanded to 303 months because I watched, and to your point earlier, that person who's just not doing well. Yeah. They are good SDR, but they needed that tool. And within the first month I started bringing it, we watched our quotas just all go up. We saw our demo show rates increase 20% by sending e-gifts day of a, of a demo reminder. So I think for me, really seeing our sales numbers just fly from this tool is, is why I love still what I do. Yeah. Um, and also when I was a pro core, I moved to marketing. So I started getting that marketing brain. So now I talk with sales, but I also talk with marketing and I start building strategies with them. So I still get to like nerd out on analytics and like, <laughs> Hey, let's look on how many opportunities it takes for one closed deal. And you need 10 more closed deals, but it takes you seven ops for one deal. We need 70 new ops. Let's build a campaign to get those. Yeah. And I think that's what I really love doing uh, and seeing the tools in front of people uh, and educating them on, Hey, this is how easy it is. Three clicks of a button. You could be sending your prospect anything you want. Yep. Yep. And it's a great thing. And I think it's, it's related to what we mentioned earlier about, Hey, it may not be something you're super passionate about, but you can get passionate about the problems that you're solving. Well, it's even better when you can target and work with and help people that you deeply understand. (laughs) I mean, let's not, joke ourselves. And, and I think I've, I know 
salespeople from the last industry I was in that have done it for 15 years. And those guys came in with zero knowledge about analytics and are rock stars and they know everything there is to know. And, and they love talking to directors of analytics or whatever it is. And um, so it's possible you can get there and it makes it that much better. Yep. And, and, and I think that's awesome to hear that you're having that experience both with salespeople and marketers because of what you've done. And again, it's kind of exactly what you said, that culmination of all the things you've done in your life, bringing you to this point and giving you this tool bag of, wow, I didn't even realize these things were going to be useful. I love that. And, and I think too, the, the really cool thing about this company too, is we really get to practice what we preach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, right. You practice breaking through digital clutter by doing gifts. We, yep talk about how to get around and build these ABM targeted campaigns. And then we get to do it to our prospects to show them in real time. How did you, and our sales reps last, how did you feel when I sent you this? And they're always, Oh my God, it was so nice. It's the first time that's happened. And it's like, don't you want your prospects to feel that way? Yeah. Just such an easy, that intro. What a, what a great intro, right? And, and we've, I mean, we've had people that have closed on demo one because they're like, Hey, the fact your SDR just sent me an e-gift for lunch because my demo is at one, I want that today. And it's like, let's do it. And then scaling from there of like, hey, now that we have this, let's start building those bigger campaigns. So doing a lot of that is, is also what's really neat in this industry. Yeah, yeah, and I love it. And it's uh, definitely a unique experience to get to do that. And, and I can see how that happens because it is a powerful thing. And especially, I feel more and more teams are getting to that point where it's like, geez, we're feeling the pressure, like shit's not working anymore. We need to do something different and we need a, a, a non-intrusive way to do it. We need something that folds into our processes and everything. How I met you in Vegas at Adobe Summit. Yep. Looking at all those different tech companies and how they're trying to change the game, it is showing that technology is going to be the next big wave and with ABM coming, ABM is becoming more of a sales strategy in a sense too than just marketing. It's been around four or five years of marketing, but now it's starting to hit these salespeople of, hey, be your own CMO, be your own CEO in your territory. Yep. And seeing all this change, I mean, I went to Adobe Summit four years ago and just seeing the difference in there. Oh, with I can't imagine. Nine day. So I think that's also really cool of seeing all these tedious manual things that are now all being streamlined by tech. And I think that's my favorite part about SaaS industry in general is all these different things coming in and really helping make your life efficient yeah. and reminding so many tedious tasks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is absolutely amazing. I, I, I always laugh when I think about sales movies from like the eighties, like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. That whole, yeah. That whole movie is about them trying to get leads because the leads were on like paper cards that were locked in a file cabinet. Like yeah. that's, that couldn't even be a plot for a movie today. If oh, yeah. I wanted to make a movie about salespeople, because you know, there's a Chrome plugin where you can find 6,000 leads in six yeah. minutes, you know? So it's just yeah. amazing where we've gotten to. And it's, it's, uh, in my opinion, the best time to be a salesperson. Right. Ever. Ever. And, and it's also your point too, right? Some of the people have been in space 15 years and they're, they're crushing it. Now you're putting these tools in front of them to then even make them crush it even more. Yeah. Rocket fuel completely. Yeah, at Procore, we had a, an older rep who had been in the game for 20 years 
And he started seeing these tools. He's like, I've never hit the numbers I'm hitting today because now I can send these 14 emails at once instead of typing out 14. That just saved me 45 minutes where I can now do more research, this, this, and this. Yeah, go do what he's super good at, which is, yeah. you know, closing yeah. deals and doing, you know, having that knowledge. I love it. And it's exactly how it's supposed to go. So um, as we get to the end of the time here, Jerry, I wanted to make sure that I ask you for an actionable sales tip that folks can use when they get done listening to the podcast. Yeah, I think there's a, a few, but the one that sticks out that's really resonated with me recently, and it goes back to kind of that golden circle, why you and why now? Yep. Um, I was at an event with John Barrows and he had brought that up, right? When you're, when you're an SDR and AE and you're cold calling, that person might not want to listen to you. But if you can convey why them and why them at that time, hey, I know there's 500 people in your company, but I'm targeting you because I'm giving you the opportunity to bring this to the table and accelerate your career. And then the why, why now? Hey, I know I didn't hit you up three months ago because maybe we weren't what you needed or you weren't in the right role, but I'm now messaging you right now. And it's kind of funny, it goes off on what your whiteboard says, right? Do you have what it takes? Do you have what it takes to bring this to your uppers to help you advance? And that is why I'm reaching out to you and why I'm reaching out to you right now. Mm -hmm. And I think conveying that, and also, um, I, I was listening to one with Morgan uh, a little bit ago, and he was always talking about right emails. If you're not sending, if you're sending a novel, most people are on their phone. If you can't convey within those first two swipes up why you're reaching out to them and then it's going to go nowhere. Yep. So I think really making it personalized, making sure they understand why they're being hit up and the timing of it is kind of something I think people can today take back. Yeah. And it's an immediate shift you can make because it's a mindset shift. You're, you can go from thinking I'm reaching out to marketers broadly or I'm going to connect with this person and what I have in my pocket will help them get a promotion and help them do more in their career. And it's funny at Cognetic, that was kind of their ethos. Like we help analysts become rock stars, right? Like I think it was heroes. We help analysts become heroes. And I adopted that mentality when I spoke to prospects about, Hey, we want to partner with you because everybody that we've partnered with has gone on to become VPs of their department. So we want to do the same with you because they brought us to the table. We had these solutions and it's catapulted their career. That is such a powerful mindset because it, yeah. it breaks away and maybe solves for that issue of I'm selling something I don't even know or care about. Well, if you're a human, you should care about helping somebody make their life better. Right. I mean, yeah. you can get on board with that. Yeah. And I, and I think just on that too, as far as so like, to be totally honest, that's how my career happened at Sendoso mm -hmm. is at the time my CEO at Sendoso called me when I was at Procore and it's like, Hey, I know you guys are doing some of this. I'd love for you to be a customer and bringing on Sendoso brought me so many results and made me that champion, which then brought me to getting promoted to running a team uh, here at Sendoso. And it was because I, felt it was the right thing for my, for my company. And I was fine being either the hero or the villain of bringing a new software. Yeah. Um, but Chris conveyed to me why he was calling me and the timing was right to look into it. Yep. 
Yep. I love it. Really powerful stuff, man. And uh, want to make sure I ask you the same question that I ask everybody that comes on the Lunch Break podcast. Uh, Jerry, what is your favorite place to eat lunch, man? Honestly, it's in front of a body of water. I'm, uh, I'm a SoCal boy, live by the it. beach pretty much my whole life. Uh, so anywhere where I can look at water, the peacefulness for me gives me that reset look at the bigger picture of hey i could be one little drop in this ocean in this lake in this pool uh so any food in front of water is my safe spot i love it man and typically food around water from what i've found is pretty damn good no matter it what it is it's usually fresh and grilled normally yeah, yeah. A little barbecue. yeah i love it i love it what a great answer man well jerry thanks so much for coming on i really uh, enjoyed our conversation. I mean, your experience and everything you've done, um, I just tons of gems in here for everybody that listens. So, uh, as we close up shop here, how can people connect with you, stay in touch with you, um, and continue to learn from you, man? Yeah. Yeah. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Jerry Henry, uh, solution engineer at Sendoso. Find me on Instagram, uh, Jerbear83. It's been my nickname since I was a little kid. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, and then, yeah, my email is just jarrettsendosa.com. Love to nerd out on some ABM marketing sales, everything uh, kind of in the SaaS world. I love it, man. Thank you again for coming on the show, Jerry. And with that, I'm going to wrap up episode 47 of the Lunch Break Podcast. Speak to you guys right, soon. <laughs>